1: It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network Today is June 13, 2017. Good morning,
2: and welcome to the American
3: Heroes Network Radio.
2: As always, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir.
3: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
2: All right. And just for a little uh, information as far as uh, Bill goes, uh, he's been our news person uh, pulling out some good articles uh, for every show. And this one, Bill, you're t- you, we talked earlier about uh, the new care plan that's taking over the Choice program. Can you give us a little more information on that?
3: Well, uh, Gary, recently uh, the the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dr. David Shulkin, appeared before the uh, House Veterans Affairs Committee uh, to discuss this, this plan, and it's uh, it's uh, it's been endorsed by the uh, the major veteran service organizations uh, uh, to uh, to make the change. Now, the care portion that's an acronym, and as I get into that, I'll explain it to you. But uh, uh, as I mentioned, the nation's largest veterans groups joined by key senators. Uh, this past Wednesday of last week to endorse, conditionally, a plan from Deputy uh, Department of uh, Veterans Affairs Secretary David J. Shulkin to replace the unpopular 2014 Choice Program, which critics contend often has failed to provide timely access to private care, uh, sector care, when... Uh, VA Health uh, isn't uh, ready available. Now, the veterans group adamantly, however, opposed VA's plan to fund the choice replacement plan by cutting disability compensation paid through the individual unemployability program to 208,000 severely disabled veterans, those ages 62. And older who are eligible for at least minimum Social Security benefits. Now, this IU portion, the later, por- later time Gary will talk about this. But in the testimony before the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, uh, uh, Doctor Shulkin unveiled his replacement for the Choice uh, uh, Program. Uh, uh, which is uh, entitled the Veterans Coordinated Access and Rewarding Experience Program. So that's CARE is an acronym, and as I just mentioned, it's the Coordinated Access and Rewarding Experience Program. Now, CARE would have the familiar features of a managed care program with VA health care providers assigned to patients and uh, deciding – based on clinical needs, whether to treat patients inside the VA or refer them to an outside network of private care uh, providers under contract to the VA. So, uh, you know, it, it sounds as if, Gary, that this program is pretty much the same as uh, what we've had before, they're calling it another name. Now, now just going a little bit further, um, there's there's some senators there uh, who are, and congressmen who are very much opposed to this. Uh, many of them who represent uh, veterans in rural states like Iowa, senators, Secretary Shokin uh was under intense grilling by Senator Mike Rounds uh, from South Dakota that patient choice to seek community care or to stay in the VA would be preserved under care because VA providers would be implementing the program properly if the mandated the sources for care patients. So it's still a a, a lot of controversy about the uh, the same program pretty much with the names changing, and we'll be hearing more about this uh, to let our veterans in the community know about the change.
2: All right. Sounds good. That sounds good. Now, you uh, last week you mentioned something about uh, uh, just wondering if you found out any more news about uh, how the Washington was refusing to add these sailors' names to the Vietnam Memorial. Have you heard anything more on that?
3: Well, that's still an issue, uh, Gary, and uh, there's been no change to that. And uh, we've got some adamant concerns on the part of the veteran service organizations about that and those names uh, not being allowed to be included to honor those uh, heroes of the country that have served us well.
2: All right. Well, let's get on with our show. Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest this morning.
3: And indeed it is an honor, Gary, that we uh, welcome Shad Mashad, who is the founder and president of the National Veterans Foundation. Now, Shad has uh, been a fearless advocate and counselor to our nation's veterans for 45 years. Since 1985, the National Veterans Foundation has helped more than 400,000 veterans and their families with crisis and information services through a national crisis hotline. As a United States Army Captain and Medical Service Officer in Vietnam in 1970, Shad pioneered treatment techniques for what would later become known as Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, PTSD. In 1977, Shad worked under the Carter administration with uh, Veterans Affairs Secretary Max Cleland to create the Vet Center Program. These Vet Centers were modeled on Shad's treatment programs for veterans with combat-related post-traumatic stress disorder. Offering community based readjustment counseling. Today, there are more than 300 vet centers throughout the country that continue to operate under the model that SHAD offered. SHAD, who is also a licensed clinical social worker, remains one of America's most sought after experts and counselors on combat stress, trauma therapy, and the readjustment issues confronting returning soldiers and their families. Shad,
4: welcome to the American Heroes Network. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today. All right.
2: Well, sir, you know, um, helping 400,000 veterans already, of course, it took 45 years to do that. That's phenomenal to begin with. Uh, the National Veterans uh, Foundation, basically, you have a crisis hotline that is not only national but worldwide, correct? That's correct. Well, what yes. was the deciding factor, Chad, as far as to come up with,
4: a, uh, with an organization like yours? Well, you know, having uh, started my uh, my unit in the early 70s, 71, after I got out of Vietnam, in Los Angeles and eventually the Vet Center Public Law 9622 became the Vet Center program in 79 under Jimmy Carter uh in running that for about 7 years uh, as one of the directors of it in setting up the first 100 Vet Centers in America in those first 7 years one thing i realized is is you know how do veterans get to any program uh And after seven years with the Vet Center program, I realized that there was a lot more to do because even at that time, there was a majority of veterans that weren't even aware of the Vet Center program. And I even still hear that today, 37 years later. But uh, it's all about making something simple stupid. We all want to get into whether our TVs or whatever, uh, very simply. And and I thought, you know, we, we have all these complicated services we talk about, you know, rap groups, therapy groups, groups now for women, MST, and whatever, but how does someone know about it? You know, they're not on billboards, they're not in commercials. Uh, And I thought, wow, the simplest way would just uh, make a program very simple, which the, the National Veterans Foundation, even though we offer a whole host of services, was to give a simple number that we marketed from eighty six eighty seven particularly a toll-free number where someone could call and ask anything about anything a veteran a family member a child of a veteran any anyone that was connected with a veteran because in so many cases usually veterans come into veteran services through a wife a parent a child or whatever you know most warriors are uh, too proud to say, hey, I've got a problem or whatever, and it usually, uh, it, it, we get connected through a wife or someone in the early years, and, and we found out by putting posting a toll-free number, help without hassles, a call, one-stop shopping, so to speak, or whatever, and I just, I thought about that, and eventually when I left the Vet Center program, put it on paper in 85, and which initially was the Vietnam Veterans Aid Foundation, and after Desert Storm, we realized everybody uh, needed a number like ours, and we've been rolling ever since. Uh, we average now about 12,000 calls a year that we address on every issue from burial to PTSD to suicide. To educational problems, financial problems, homelessness—the whole gamut of the human condition—and you know, ours is focused on veterans and their families. And so, we're what separates us. Not only uh, our long-running 32-year history as a nonprofit, which is is pretty unbelievable as a direct service, but but as someone that is is still addressing any and all the needs. I mean, when we set this program up, we didn't know there would be, you know, Desert Storm, we didn't know there would be uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and then Afghanistan, which both of these wars, particularly Afghanistan, are still going after 17 years. And so uh, we... we We address almost anything and everything and I would say a good 90-95% of the questions that are uh, presented to us on a daily basis we're able to address and by addressing that means either listening to them and counseling or directing them to a place where they are for for exactly what they need. You know, whether it's housing, whether it's education, whether it's uh, helping negotiate the VA and their paperwork uh, whether it's bearing a brother, a sister, a father, or whatever, or their color guard, it's a possibility. This is throughout the whole United States. Back in 2005, I did a program on CNN, which ran worldwide with an airborne ranger that I had worked with that fell into uh, disarray after being injured and and, and became altered uh during his medical leave, and it became a na- it got national spotlight, and so it ran to all the FOBs and units in Iraq and Afghanistan, and and he was an 82nd Airborne Ranger. Uh, I happened to be 82nd uh, trained, 82nd Airborne in in uh, Fort Bragg back in the mid '60s, and I guess there's some association with the 82nd, and so when that. Uh, was aired I didn't realize it was viewed in the combat zone and worldwide and before you know it uh, we were getting calls from the combat zone uh, you know up until about two years ago pretty pretty you know maybe five or six calls from combat soldiers in the field fighting that had issues they didn't want to take it to command if you know what I mean if you've been in the service you know you you know if you're a, a ranger or somebody having uh, some un- emotional issues or whatever it's, it's it's something you don't want exposed to the command. You don't want to get it into your records. You just need somebody to talk to offline, off record. and So that's how that came about. So we, we get most of our calls are from the 50 states here, but we do get calls from overseas during our hours, uh, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. All
2: right. Well, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk more on the event centers. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, borrowed by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with Chad, founder and president for the National Veterans Foundation. And before we went on break, we were talking about the vet centers. And I mentioned on break that, you know, I think the. It's the information. Uh, when someone sees the crisis line, just like, you know, where you see it all the time at a VA, um, you know, they're, they're thinking of, you know, the situation where it's a crisis uh, on my life. Uh, but I think we need to let them know that this is a resource line also. Uh, so whatever you're looking for, you know, I think call it a number. Is that correct you know?
4: absolutely eight 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 seven 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 four 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 three or go to our website we we chat too we pick up and when we're when we're not operating we we take messages and we follow up on calls after hours the next day uh so you know give us a day to get to you if it's not during nine to five specific standard time, but we'll get to you I mean that's our whole goal uh you know I'm an ex medical service officer. And, you know, being in Vietnam or whatever, the main thing, uh, as a medic or whatever is get to it as fast as you can, stabilize it, and get them to the next day, next step. And, uh, as I said, uh, on break, you know, we, we get everything thrown at us from all over every question. And that's a, that's a good thing because that, that, those type of questions are the ones that you can't get in line or wait. Several months to get to a VA, and you probably don't have someone there that really does this. It's really we feel a gap uh, in in all veteran services that really I don't see uh, uh, anybody filling. I could be wrong, but I've been in this thirty-two years and forty forty-six years since Vietnam, and you know I I just try to make it as I said earlier simple, stupid. Make one phone call. Get on you know get on the internet. Get on our website. There's so much information there. You can spend a day looking through all this stuff. And if that doesn't help, then you can call and actually talk to somebody. And as I was telling you, Gary, uh, my whole staff are veterans, you know, from, mm-hmm. from Vietnam all the way up to Iraq and Afghanistan. So we understand the veteran issues, and we also are, we have a whole directory and resources in just about every city in the United States. And that's, that's pretty beneficial. Whether you're trying to get uh, money to feed your family, or you're losing your home and you're getting bumped out, or you're living in your car, you know, you're on the streets. You know, money's a crisis today, housing's a crisis today, Uh, having an education and getting a job uh it's it just life hits you in the face and particularly after you spent maybe five to ten years in the military serving multiple tours overseas and you come back, this is a whole different world. Civil the civilian world is a whole different world, particularly for someone that left out of high school and comes back in, you know, ten years later, uh, his peers that you know, which is the majority of the country, ninety nine point five percent that don't uh, lose 10 years of the civilian life. It's a tough readjustment to come in, you know, particularly if you've got to go back to school, your late 20s, early 30s. Uh, and, you know, you've got, if you got medical or emotional issues, you've got to try to apply to the VA if you're trying to get benefits. Everything takes a lot of time. And so many veterans, both male and female today, have such a difficult time navigating to this very complicated bureaucratic systems that exist, that are there for them, but that navigation, you know, we're kind of like a GPS that say, okay, this is where you got to go, this is who you need to talk to, if you have a problem there, call us back and we'll negotiate.
2: Right, and you know, that's what we try to, uh, try to do is let our veterans know what is available out there. Um, and we have a list of uh, over 250 shows right now, and uh, we provide them the information. Uh, especially, we check out the organization to make sure they're doing what they say they're doing exactly. with the money. Well, you, you know, And seen, that's, 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 that's the bad part. Yeah, you watch
4: the news. You've seen a lot of uh, big veteran organizations uh, profess one thing and do another thing, and that, that, that hurts all of us, actually you know we've been around 32 years and uh you know it's 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 really tough and I, like i said less than 1% of today's uh, men and women serve in the armed forces it's just, you know right. it's it's almost out of sight out of mind and uh as, you know i blog for the Huffington Post regularly and i don't know if you read some of the blogs the show but I address all these real issues and what veterans are facing and the fact that they've become invisible to the American people. <laughs> I hate to use that word the American people, but <laughs> to the majority of folks that they've never served and uh you know, it's like what can I do? Well uh one thing is to be aware and to understand the price that veterans pay and, and maybe uh, maybe it's impossible today. I don't know. But we're here, and we're, we're a veteran family, and we've been around a long time. And once again, it's all about getting, getting individual veterans, male or female, to the services they need as fast as possible. Right. And I think that's what's
2: needed where you have organizations that are willing to work together. Now that you have somebody in Virginia that needs uh, uh, his mortgage paid that month. And the only closest organization that does
4: it is in California. Well, um, it, it's still yeah. everything today with social media, Gary, is, it's, you, you can do it today. It was very difficult right. 10, 15, 20 years ago, even 30 years ago when we started. Everything was by phone. And now with the, all the media and all the applications on you know the smartphones and computers, it, it, it's easier to navigate. It's just they, they people need to talk. People need to have someone listen. You can just take have so many text messages, and uh, you know you you know you've got to you've got to understand that we need human contact. I mean, it's just if you were in the service or you were in combat, human contact with your platoon or your squad is everything. If you lose that, you're dead, probably. Right. It's not a good situation, and when veterans come back. Whether it's a woman veteran, which is 13 to 15% of our armed forces today, different when I served in Vietnam, and with right. the high rate of uh, military sexual trauma and assault that's been going on, it, numbers of 22,000 a year or around that, and when these women come home, uh, that's another huge problem that, that didn't exist several years ago, at least you 15-17 know, years ago you know you gotta adapt and you have to constantly provide new services for new needs and these veterans a lot of them have new needs. It's different than it was when uh, we Vietnam vets were coming out in the sixties and early seventies uh... the country was in a different place and so they're different different issues and different needs and, and we're constantly trying to address those and get in dialogue and discussion on our hotline With these individuals. Think with them, talk with them, not insult them and say, just do this, just do that, fill that out. Thank you very much. No, we interact, we talk. What's the problem? What are you you up against? Let us try to help you help yourself. That is true. Well, what we're going to do, I'll tell you what, uh,
2: we're going to go ahead and take a break so we can come back and talk some more, Bill. I know you have a couple questions, and we'll just take it from there. All right? See you soon. (laughs) So you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
4: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with Chad, founder and president for the National Veterans Foundation. And, and Bill, I know you have questions.
3: Well, Gary, I, I just want to comment on some of the... Uh the themes that I heard coming from, uh, from Shad and how important it is. Uh, you know, uh, Shad, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think the greatest void in our veterans community today is a, a lack of information. Navigating the system as you uh, mentioned earlier. Look, it, it, what you don't know, you don't know. And if you don't know how to move about in the system, I mean, that that becomes a real frustrating uh, experience. And I think uh, you use that, that, that uh, identification of frustration. You know, uh, you mentioned today of who's serving. Uh, less than one-half or one percent of our population serve in the military, with a, uh, a, a national population in excess of 300,000. Going back to World War II, because uh, those are the individuals that we have uh, that's left of record, uh, we had, a, we had a, a, a national population of about 130 million. We got 11.5 percent of the population to serve. Uh, amounting to a, a military on active duty of about uh, 16 million men and women. Uh, today, sadly, but because of uh, uh, the clock passing, probably less than 600,000 of those individuals uh, li- uh, are living today, and they still need our services. We've got about 21.2 million uh, uh, veterans who are in our national system today. But, Chad, as you know, uh, are only about 8.2 million, somewhere in that area, are actually uh, assigned into the veterans' uh, health care system. So these individuals get frustrated when they go to the VA to get service, and the VA turns them down and sa- says, well, we can't do anything for you because you're not uh, registered in the, into the system or enrolled into the system. Well, how do I do that? Simply two ways. You can do it online or you can go into the VA clinic or hospital and get it. So information is so important, and I think you have uh, uh, you've described that and, and, and what the National Veterans Foundation under your leadership is uh, is making. uh, That route to access information is so important. I've said a lot. Pick a point, you can comment.
4: Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, if you don't have information today, as fast as it comes across social media, the internet, it's there, but it's overwhelming. And once again, that transition from military to civilian life is really different. And how do you catch up? Well, let's say you're, you know, you went in at eighteen, nineteen, you come out at twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. Look what you're facing, and you know it's it's easy to get into a uh, bureaucracy like the, you know, Department of Defense, military. It's really tough to get in after you get out because you're really on your own. You know, when you step into the military, they take care of everything. They train you, they clothe you, they feed you. You're constantly being addressed as a warrior in whatever role you play in this big operation. You come out, now you're facing the second largest bureaucracy, the VA. But they don't act, they don't treat you like the DOD does. You're on your own. You have to navigate this huge system, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, we we tell uh, our individuals that have had bad experiences, which we hear all the time uh, at, at a VA Uh, hand them a phone book size of paperwork to fill out and come back and then finally fill that out and have to wait nine to 18 months to get a response or a rejection you know it moves the opposite of social media social media is moving at light speed constantly as we're talking but when you go into a large bureaucracy well, we have to help these individuals understand that reality like it or not if you want to get benefits and you want to get educational benefits, we will help you navigate through that. You've got to do that. We don't give you your benefits. We don't. You don't file claims through us. You know, sometimes they because we're so interactive with us, they they want us to to be the VA and we're not. You know, and so we help them understand. You've got to navigate that. You you are on your own, but we we've got your back. That's our big thing. We've got your back. We're not going. to... You know, we're, we're not going to abandon you. We're just going to have to help you realize reality. Reality is a lot different stepping out of the service as it is stepping into the service. And, and that's, that's know, what we do. And we do a lot of listening. And, well, you're absolutely right. Listening is so key because for us to help them navigate, we got to know exactly what they need. And so many times when they call us, they don't know what they need. They're overwhelmed. Right.
3: That, right. that's that's exactly right uh and, and for them to understand uh I shed there's one thing uh that I saw on the website that got my attention because I am really concerned about this and and I I've got this right it says 22 hyphen the flight to stop uh veteran suicide now you know I I know and I'm sure you're very well knowledgeable of where this came about from the VA study that was released in 2012 about suicide among veterans in this country. But, you know, 21 of the, of the states in, in, in the country didn't report. What, how does states that didn't report in those 29, like California, Florida, and Texas, uh, how do their numbers potentially impact on this 22? And take a small state like Montana, which is a rural state. Services are not always available, sometimes at 100 miles away. How does that impact upon that number twenty-two? Is twenty-two the accurate number? Twenty? What is it? Is it a moving number?
4: Well, first of all, I don't really care whether it's twenty or two.
3: It's ridiculous
4: if there's two or twenty-two. Yeah, the numbers fluctuated. I I know uh, during the Vietnam, uh, the American Legion did a study. The Department, uh, one of the congressional committees, did a study. And at the time they said over 115, this is in 81, 82, 115,000 Vietnam vets had taken their life. Now, I wasn't involved in the study. But it's an indication that this is a serious thing. And being a licensed mental health professional certified in trauma and other forms of treatment, you know, people don't come home and then pull the trigger you know it's a process it's just like when 60 minutes came out or wanting to know you know uh how do veterans become homeless you know and i said well they don't come out and go on, live under a bridge or you know uh wherever homeless people we find them we we have 16 to 20 sites we already have located in this our large area called LA that People don't even go to count the number of homeless there. They don't even know. They go downtown. Well, homeless are everywhere. Suicide uh, ideation, as we call it, occurs through a process of, like you said, you come home, you're overwhelmed in the transition, Uh, you have a bad experience at the VA, you have a bad, all of a sudden, you don't have money, you haven't filed for anything, you don't know how to do it. You start medicating, self-medicating yourself. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's a slow slide into well, you, if your girlfriend or your wife kicks you out, and there's a divorce, the next thing you know, you're living uh, either with a friend or you go back to your parents, and that gets old. And then you li- you're then you're in your car, and then your car gets towed. You know, it's all a process. And as they hit bottom, that's when the suicide ideation takes effect, and that's when we. Sort of catch them, you know. Cancer, they they give cancer ratings in stages of four, one, two, three, four. Once you hit four, it's pretty well gone. Yeah. And most of the suicides uh, calls that we get are, are stage three or four. And four, it's pretty hard. There's not much you can say. You know, you're pretty much telling us goodbye, the world goodbye. But we try to listen and catch as we get calls. As I said, a lot of times. They're calling about something, and we realize how depressed they really are and whatever. we start perusing that conversation, and when we start realizing where we are. We know they're in danger of sliding into suicide ideation, and that's when we really take action to get them to a vet center, to a VA mental health clinic, to a private clinic, whatever, because you don't have a lot of time. One of the problems... With with all the disgruntled news articles about the VA's 24 hour suicide hotline, it's the fact that you call and you get a you get a voice if you get the call answered in in Washington, and then they have to refer you to a hospital near you. And if that hospital line is full, whatever. When you get a suicide call, and I've been dealing with suicides from Vietnam till the day, you got to act right there. It's it's like somebody cutting a main artery you can't sit there and talk about it for an hour because they'll bleed out and on a suicide call if if you're not there on voice head on with them in listening and doing what we train and and how to deal a suicide call and i'm sure the v i the va suicide people are trained but it's getting to them immediately you can't wait 15 or 20 minutes when someone's calling they're not going to go on a hold they're going to they're going to take action, and that action is usually negative. So whether it's 22 or 2 or 16 or whatever, we know it's high, and we know that some of the biggest states weren't counted in that, and we know how many numbers that come out of those big states. You know, the bigger the number, the more you're going to have good and bad things happen in any study. So it's, it's definitely uh, a process, and it's a process that, unfortunately, you know we wish we had the money that the vA uh, puts into their twenty four hour crisis hotline because we operate it live. You're not going to get it. let me put you on hold, and let me try to reach Montana. let me try to meet okay. Tupelo, Mississippi. Let me try to reach yeah. Brooklyn, New York. You've got to act now. It's like a bullet going through your heart and right. and you know it's it's crisis counseling it's a crisis. And there's different so, levels. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, but the, the suicide thing is a process, and people need to understand it. Just like the high number of homeless veterans in America, it's a process to go from that coming home and two or three years living on the streets. Right.
2: But Shad, how are how are the vet centers funded? I mean, uh, who who? Is funding
4: for them. They're they're congressionally funded, uh, <laughs> but the money is in VA control points. Because they chose, uh, when I was setting up the vet centers, you know, uh, the VA was very unhappy because they claim they do everything. They treated Vietnam veterans, even though in late 60s and 70s, Vietnam veterans were having horrific experiences. The word got out don't go there. I mean, you don't want to go there. And so uh, by the time Public Law 9622, that I lobbied in 77, 78, 79, under Max Cleland and and the President Carter, you know, the fact is, where do we put this money to manage the development of the vet centers? And they say, well, the VA, I said, maybe agricultural forestry. (laughs) There's a whole story to how uh, much money we lost initially in the first three years or the VA had control, it'd be like somebody having control of your bank account, you know? And we started losing millions of dollars, and they had, you know, we... We didn't have control of it. Eventually we did, but uh, so that it's, it's funded by Congress, and it's gone up over the years, obviously. When I left the vet centers in 86, there were just about 100, 101 vet centers. Today there's over 300, and we never thought there'd be another war. They were initially addressed to address the Vietnam veteran problem 10 years late, but we did, and uh, and then eventually Desert Storm came, and they had to open their doors to all veterans realize all veterans, anybody that's been in combat suffers PTSD possibilities, you know. And so now it's, today it's totally open to all veterans, and PTSD is established uh, or whatever. But, you know, it, it's it's like I said, everything's been a process, right. and it's very well, how can our how, how can our listeners help? Well, if your listeners want to help our foundation, just like any they can make a donation, go to our website and donate. But they can help by getting the word out to our toll-free number and website. I mean, uh, and if, and if your listeners uh, know somebody, I mean, a parent or anybody that's struggling with a veteran readjusting, call our toll-free number, leave a message, let us know you heard on American Heroes Network. Uh, you heard uh, Gary Ray. Uh, bill. I mean, it's all communication. And getting the word out is number one. So getting the word out, you can help veterans that need our hotline. Uh, You can give them our number and everything. I'm not sure how you get the word out or whatever other than this show or if it goes online. But also if they want to support us out of all the million plus veteran charities. But we're direct service. And we've been around going on 32 years, and and we do it, and we're all veterans, and we understand, right. being a veteran, we understand coming home and, you know, uh, the readjustment issues, and that's what we deal with, all right. and we, 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 well, do, gonna... we now address the women issue, which is huge, Mil- military sexual trauma, I've brought in two all women, right. uh, one of uh an eight year Marine female vet and another woman married to a war veteran that's a licensed social worker that are strictly focused on the women issue, obviously nationwide, but we're doing some programs here in L.A., which is the largest veteran population in the country. We have everything uh, and anything, uh, just in, I call L.A. many countries. They think it's a city. <laughs> if you come visit L.A., it, it's 100 square miles of everything and anything. Right. But, uh, so that's what we do. And we're trying to address everything because everything is, everything is serious. I mean, transition is serious. You know, it's right. serious going in the military. It's serious going into combat. Serious coming home. And coming yeah. home probably more scary than going into the military, you know, through basic yeah. and everything, because at least you have people telling you what you're going to face, and they're there, and you have communication or whatever. It's the total opposite when you come home. And that's that's what's traumatic.
2: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
1: If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back.
2: We're here with our guest, Shad, from the founder and president for the National Veterans Foundation. And I know Bill has another couple of questions. Uh, go ahead, Bill.
3: Well... Uh, you know, Shad, uh, you you were uh, as we were talking in the last uh, uh, portion here, and this is an area uh, with our women veterans who uh, their suicide rates are off the chart. Uh, information I've looked at, that you know, comparing their, to their counterparts in the general populations, their suicide rates about uh, six times higher. Problem is that. They don't show up and ask for help, and uh, even though uh, organizations such as yours is out there, uh, you know, you almost have to, you, you have to go and find them uh, uh, rather than them coming to uh, <laughs> so visit true. us.
4: So true. I mean, really, that's why I developed, uh, four, I think it's four years ago, Women Outreach, when I realized you know, oh my goodness! Look what is going on with this women veterans that are serving. I had no idea when the DoD came out with twenty two thousand military sexual trauma assaults in one year. My God, twenty two thousand! You know, it's like twenty two suicides a day. Another number, but if it was two thousand, and the fact is, what we've learned since I've set up our veteran. Uh, outreach program, and we have women r- running that. We realize why they don't go to the VA because they have been traumatized by men in the service. Do you think they want to walk into a VA, which is ninety nine and nine tenths percent men sitting there, or whatever? When you have trauma, that awakens that you know one of their their uh, symptoms, and so they 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 have a reaction going in there. And two, a lot of them got general other than you know general under honorable conditions because the military does not want to embarrass itself with these numbers. I mean, Congress has taken them to task on it, and nothing's really changed because the numbers are still high. And it's tough if a command, listen, I I ran, you know, I was a U.S. Army captain. You know, you get rated by how your what happens under your command. And if you have two or three rape situations that came on, so usually they have played it down, uh, they have dismissed cases. Uh, these women are offered because they, once they're traumatized or raped, they want out, and they they, they don't give them an honorable discharge. So what happens is they don't have the benefits that someone gets an honorable discharge when they get out. So everything plays against them. Plus, you know, they're a woman, and and they're in a man's world, so to speak, the military, the VA, or whatever. And so, yeah. They they have the highest rate of suicide six times that and we're talking twenty two six times that of the male veteran. Uh, they have the highest PTSD uh, incidences ratio wise. I mean all of them are just staggering the numbers. I mean you talk about a problem that's not being addressed. So we're we're doing it uh, by addressing the situation, but I mean we're we're just one small organization and. I think this is going to grow just like the issue of you know the diagnosis for PTSD. You know, in the seventies, five or six of us professionals were battling the fact that you know, you know, an article in Time magazine in the seventies called it Vietnam Veterans Syndrome. We have Vietnam Veterans. What does that mean? And we said, hey, we're not psychotic and we're not character disorders must be something in between or something. we it, It's a disorder. It's not a disease. It's not psychosis. You know, it can't be character disorders because you can't be a soldier and not, you know, obey authority. And we finally came up over time through, a, you know, research and everything. And what became, eventually became approved is post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic stress. And finally, oh, okay. But it's a slow process and we try to act quickly i guess from being a, a even though a, a medical service officer basically a medic you know i was a psychological medic but you know you do everything and 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 you know you can't sit and take time in responding and the problem is the delay in services both for the men and particularly for the women you know it's it's an issue we could do a whole show on just a whole mm-hmm. show about the women issue and getting the word out mm-hmm but golly i mean the the problem is so massive and it's so undealt with that it, it's pretty frightening I, I really empathize for our women veterans that are coming back particularly those with m s t phil
3: i i it's uh, really something uh uh that's there that left to be dealt with you know what comes to mind uh uh Shad, uh, is that uh, uh, the, the issues that our veterans uh, uh, are exposed to. We will we will continue. I, I, I would venture to say, in fifteen years, we could have the same discussion again about what our needs are as a result of our service to this country. And that, you know, we touched upon it. It's our World War Two veterans now, uh, down to less than uh, six hundred thousand. Uh, all primarily beyond the age of ninety. Our oldest living World War II veteran is a hundred and eleven years old, down in uh, in Austin, Texas. Richard Overton. Uh, you know, if every conflict of war that we know of today, that miraculously we could silence the weapons out there and and the conditions we would still have these issues going on. So it's something that we've got to accept unless our government, uh, you know, really gets serious and say we won't start wars unless we are committed to serving these individuals and their needs when they return to home and community from combat in the battlefield.
4: Absolutely. It's too bad that most of our politicians are not uh, veterans themselves, and have been in, in combat or whatever and understand they would be more sensitive to the VA and to programs, even the non-profits like myself, that could get some of that money that goes to weapons and developing and, 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 and battling wars all over or whatever. I mean, it it needs to be a balance. Everything's about balance, and it's just That's not true. there, and we just don't have a voice I remember right. in the '80s, even up into the mid '80s. I think in the '90s, you know, the veterans used to have a platform in the presidential uh, races, and that was we, we we lost our platform in the '90s. We've been gone for almost 30 years. We're not an issue. We're not a voice. Uh, maybe it's because right. of you know money runs runs the elections. You know, we're we're in here needing services for you know. We got to That's realize right. veterans have families. You know, this is like a. A domino effect. they think you know if a veteran's having a problem, I guarantee you everybody in the family connected to this okay, person, okay. boyfriend we're having problems because I deal with the whole right. thing. It's a whole issue. You can't right. say, "Oh, this guy lost his leg and he's got PTSD and poor guy and whatever." We'll we'll try to get him some services and get him you know a prosthetic, whatever. No, cool. what about his family? What about his right. wife, his kids? Everybody's infected by this. But I think we're in sure. a great denial about the veteran and, and how many people it really touches directly. Probably half right. our country. Right. Probably well, half, yeah, maybe 150 have. million people are connected would Sit here if they were listening to the show. And golly, right on. That's right. That's right. true. God, I know what I struggle with, and my son finally took his life and. We don't know what to do. Do we? Can we get counseling for it or whatever? It's it's a big right. question, a big problem. This is a big issue, right. and I'm just elated that American Heroes Network, you guys are bringing this out, at least to the veteran. Hopefully, you know, right. civilians will listen.
2: Well, sir, we, we only have a couple minutes left. if not even that, but I want to. I want to it's a pleasure having you on our show. And what we'd like to do is uh, later on during
4: the year have you back if that's okay. I'd love with to. You. I'd love to. Yeah. I love this medium, and I think we've got to get the word out. And this this seems so yes. appropriate. Definitely appreciate you being
2: with us. And once again, I want to thank all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Shad from the National Veterans Foundation. You all have a great week,
1: and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America and we
4: truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation thanks to you will be